0: Give Caesar's things to Caesar and God's things to God. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commands there may be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? Hello everyone, Sydney St. James. Today, I'm searching for answers on my show like I've done in so many other broadcasts. Again, I am not an ordained minister and I never will profess to be one, but I'm a caring and believing man who asked numerous questions. Many years ago, I wrote my first novel, Adversity. I asked so many questions when I was following a family in the book that later on, I became a professional genealogist. Then, I wrote The Rose of Bray's Bayou and found how women struggled with their faith when escaping the wrath of Santa Anna after the fall of the Alamo. Then, I still to this very day struggle with forgiveness when writing from the memoirs of the first ordained woman of the Presbytery in a book entitled, Faith. 70 times 7. I've written two novels, Genesis and Hallelujah, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, and I found so many mysteries or places in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that made me ask questions. Finally, I wrote the book, Seeing the Power of God, where I asked many of those questions again and again through my character, Billy Bob Thornton. Now, that brings me to today with my visiting the Old and the New Testament. Today, let me start to kick things off by quoting to begin my show from Psalm 22. Verses one through eight. My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my own groaning? Oh my God, my God, I cry by day. But you, do, you just don't answer, and by night I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And your fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted. And were not put to shame. But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by my mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. And then my good friends out there, I'd like to turn into the New Testament now over to Matthew 27 and read what he has to say. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, my God, My God, why, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders overhearing it said, this man, listen, he is calling his God. So one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with some sour wine and placed it on a reed and gently handed it up to him to drink. But the other said, wait, wait, let's see whether his God will arrive in time to save him. And Jesus cried out once more with a very loud voice and yielded up his spirit and behold, behold, the temple curtain was torn in two from the very top to the very bottom and the earth, it rumbled, it shook, and the rocks were split. Also from the New Testament, Mark. Mark says, when the sixth hour had come, there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried loudly and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders here and said, Behold, behold, he is calling his God to save him. And someone ran and filled up a sponge with sour wine and placed it on a reed and gave it to the man to drink, saying, Now. Let's wait. Let us see whether his God will come to take him down. And Jesus, Jesus uttered one last loud cry and took his last breath. So, let me ask you all this today. Why did Jesus Christ feel forsaken on the cross. Why? Well, that's my story today. Since we are only two days from Christ's birth, I thought on this episode, I would play one of my most favorite renditions of Hallelujah for your listening enjoyment. It is called Christmas Hallelujah by Caleb and Kelsey. We'll return right after the song and all these questions I just asked will try to answer our question for the day. Why did Jesus Christ feel forsaken on the cross? Be right back. Enjoy my song. There was no room for them to stay. to Why did Jesus Christ feel like he was forsaken on the cross? Well, first of all, that is the first verse line of Psalm 22. And I believe that when Jesus spoke, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that was not only the prayer of his heart. After that, I'm convinced he prayed through that psalm when he sank back down. Now, to some measure, that's hearsay, right? We know that he prayed the first verse, but that chapter in the Bible prophesies the same event he was experiencing at that very moment. Furthermore, we know that all seven of the sayings on the cross are very brief because he'd been beaten, beaten nearly to death, was very dehydrated, and was in agonizing pain. The entire weight of his body was, well, hanging on two rusty spikes in his wrist and the one in his feet, so In order to get enough breath into his lungs to utter something, it was necessary for him to push up on that rusty spike in his feet. And of course, that was agonizing. Jesus had enough breath for something very brief. Think about it. He was in terrible, terrible pain. He was dying. That's why I have confidence that it was very short and he didn't say more than what he did say. But interestingly it's the longest of the seven different sayings from the cross. I believe was because he was quoting that first verse and letting us know what was on his mind. So I think he was praying that Psalm. I also believe, unless it's just me, that in the time when in his humanity he experienced forsaken by the Father. As he looked around, and we have this giant crowd of people coming by there and they were heckling him, the chief priest, and all of the rulers, So there were three different groups of leaders who came by and mocked him. Interestingly, they say multi-sentence statements and they're prophesied word for word in Psalm 22. Those groups are mocking him, right? Which included the thieves, the two thieves on both sides of him though one of them will be converted shortly after. At one point, in one of the gospels, it says the thieves also. So it means more than one, right? They were saying some of the same mocking words that the group at his feet were mocking. All these people were mocking. Disciples, I don't know where the disciples were, but they weren't there, so I think it was a cry that said, I know why my apostles, I know why my disciples in fear have forsaken me. And the scripture goes on to say, you strike the shepherd and the sheep will be separated. Jesus said, I understand why these robbers would mock me. I know why the crowds who said Hosanna five days ago, they don't understand. I see, I see now why they would forsake me. And I know why these Jewish leaders would abandon me. But my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? That was what shattered his entire heart. He understood quite well why all the others for various reasons would forsake him. But that broke his heart because he had never known a moment's time of separation in his relationship with God Almighty, his father. I think this was a tremendous low point in his experience on the cross, but as Jesus prays through, you get down to verse three in Psalm 22, where he says, yet you are holy. Though Jesus was being forsaken by the Father Almighty, he knew exactly why he did. And it was because God is holy. I had become a sin and that is why he uttered that cry. God was forsaking him, the perfect holy and sinless Jesus Christ. Once my sin was put on Jesus, he was abandoned by the Father. Jesus was forsaken so people just like you and I would not have to be forsaken we could be received if we come to Jesus Christ, to the Father. Do you remember, not too long ago, those rolling blackouts that we had here in Texas, with all the snow that lasted over a week? I remember one dark night when all the power went off everywhere. It was like, whoa, eerie, right? There was no light, none at all. It was almost pitch dark. It was a rolling blackout, but it was in the middle of the day. It was three o'clock in the afternoon and the sun was still out. Then all of a sudden it's pitch black. There's no light to be seen anywhere. Then the darkness was perished by the words of Jesus Christ, crying from the cross. My God, my God, why is it that you, you have forsaken me? What my friends do, you was going on there. Jesus at that moment, I believe, was bearing the sins of the world. He was dying as a substitute for others. To Him was imputed the guilt of our sins and He suffered, yes, He suffered the penalty for all of those sins on our behalf. In a mysterious kind of way that we can never fully comprehend, the Father poured out the full measure of His wrath against sin during those awful hours on the cross, and God's son was the recipient. God was punishing Jesus Christ as if he had committed every wicked deed by every dreadful sinner in this world. And in so doing, he could forgive and treat those redeemed ones as if they had lived Christ's perfect life of righteousness. This is what we call justification. It is not just merely the removal of sin, it is the imputing of the righteousness of Jesus Christ into our spiritual bank account. That's what happened when Jesus hung on the cross. And scripture clearly teaches there was a moment when the world's sin was placed on the Son. In 2 Corinthians, it says, God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins. He bore our sins in his own body on the cross. But listen, listen closely. What is it that Jesus says? My God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? Ah, we think a crisis of faith, right? No, it's a declaration of fact. What are you saying, that God forsook him? In a sense, yes, Jesus was forsaken. So it'll have to be, okay? That's simple fact. Jesus entered the darkness so I, me, and you, could walk in the light. Jesus was forsaken so that I myself might be forgiven. Now, when we say Jesus were forsaken, here's what we're saying. As the world's sin was placed on Christ the Father, who is holy and cannot look at sin, turned away as he became the recipient of the wrath of God. But because this happened, No one will have ever had to think that they'll be forsaken of God from this moment forward who calls out to him. So Jesus was simply declaring what was taking place in that single given moment. But what I want you to notice, this was not a crisis of faith on the part of our Lord. Instead, he was crying to the Father Fulfilling the scripture from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Notice, do you notice? It's my God. And, whoop, I've rumbled on a little bit too long here. I have to work in my sponsor to help me keep the lights on and I'll come back and finish up with the ending of my story. I'll be right back. Well, I'm back. So let me ask you this. What's going to happen when a crisis hits your life? And trust me, it will. What's going to happen if tragedy comes to your home and it just might. Are you going to cry out to God or are you simply going to ignore God? It's been said, character is not made in a crisis. It's revealed. It shows what you really, really are. And some people say, I'm mad at you, God. I'm not talking to you, God. I never want to even communicate with God again. They get so mad at God, and they say these things. Or, you can cry out to God, and you can say, Lord, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I don't even like this, but I'm looking to you, my God. See? Do you see that emphasis is not on forsaken? The focus is on my God. And he called out to his father as he bore the sin of the world. Well, I want to thank everyone. Hopefully, I was able to answer some of your questions. If not, I still appreciate you dropping in every week and have another good one coming up right on Christmas Day. So, until later, I'll see you later, alligator. Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcasts. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James happy listening.